Okay, we'll be in um, Jude. Are we going to finish it off? How you wish. But we will next week. Uh, so four weeks, and much, much of that is because of my mismanagement of time. But I want to go slow through this. It's, it's some difficult things to navigate through and to negotiate. So I'm purposely trying to not go slow for the sake of going slow, but just making this manageable so that we understand it. Um, so we'll be in Jude. I got just a couple of announcements to make. We're still looking for um, Christmas Child. If you've you're you know involved in that, it, it costs seven dollars. Nine. It's gone up. Everything goes up. Uh, it's nine dollars to uh, send one of those um, overseas, wherever its destination is. So, like I say, we're still looking for some donations. As far as that's concerned, whatever we come up short, we'll just use the general fund. Because I know some of you are saying, "Listen, I give every week, and now you're after me for some." Well, if you feel that way, I'm be calm. Because nobody's. That's fine, you know. But if you just God stirs your heart to give an extra donation, just want to be responsive to the things of the Lord. That's, that's all. That's all. Light touch, okay? I'm <laughs> a pound. <laughs> and the other thing is the first aid course that I'm teaching in December. Next week, I'll give you the dates. I'm still like three people light. Uh, and that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I, I kind of want to have the full classes full just for the sake of have, you know, using my time the best. And I'm not suggesting everyone needs it or everyone wants it or anything else. It's a certified course, so if your job requires it, you're just thinking I'm you know, I'm living with somebody who's got maybe a, a bad heart. I, mean, I might want to have this just for the sake of, you know, in, in a situation where um, you're doing CPR on, God forbid, an infant or a child or something. You know how to do that. Uh, or a more uh, Heimlich maneuver. Uh, I've got several friends who have done the Heimlich maneuver on their children. Successfully, by the way. Uh, some of them even were trained by me. So that's kind of a good thing, you know what I mean? So anyway, and that, and that, that uh, that's free. Okay, it's not that it's not worth anything, it's just that we're picking up the tab, okay? Because, I mean, there are books and there are purchases to be made, and we'll just take care of that. that that's all you need to know. But, um, so that's going to be in the uh, first, not the first week, two weeks in December. That's all I've got to say about that. And I guess we're going to make it COVID uh, compliant, okay? Um, we'll... Everyone will be socially distant. We'll, the new mandate is mass indoors. We don't really generally do that as far as church goes. Um, again, I respect the governor's authority, just not in church. I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. I mean, I, 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 I definitely can do smart aleck. We all know that, okay? But I'm not, tr I'm not trying to be arrogant or anything and say, listen, you don't tell us what to do, but in church, the Lord has given us rights, Okay? Uh, to worship, to, you know, we, we believe in inalienable rights in America. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. The government doesn't give us rights. God gives us rights, okay? If the government gave us these rights, they wouldn't be inalienable, would they? Uh, there's a lot of people in America haven't figured that out yet, but we'll <laughs> let them, okay? <laughs> that's, that's for them. Okay, we're in the book of Jude, and we, uh, we're kind of going to look at... Um, Verses kind of 9 to 11. And you think, that leaves a lot next week. But it'll go fast next week. We'll finish it up next week, okay? Uh, unless the rapture happens or something. or we're, we're, we're planning on doing that next week, finishing it up, okay? That's, that's our plan. But let's, let's pray and let's kind of you know, get ready to jump right in. And again, this is kind of tough. I'm going to ask you to engage 
mentally in a way that I'm going to talk fast, listen fast, and get it, okay? Let's pray. Father, your word is your word. I mean, and it's a benefit to us, such a benefit. And here, Lord, there's some things that we may not know about, and so I'm asking that we're studious today, and we, we you know, put on our thinking caps, and we learn what your word has to say to us in a way that is beneficial and good. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. I don't even know how to pray about this. You know, all scripture is given by inspiration of God as prophet for doctrine, for correction, for rebuke, and you know, and instruction writes as the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good work. I don't know exactly, except I think this is like if the Acts of the Apostles could be called such, this could be labeled, the book of Jude would be called the Acts of the Apostates, and he gives us three specific apostates here. Don't do this and Many of us have done this, okay? So is there redemption after you're an apostate? Well, of course there is, okay? And we'll, we'll learn about that. We'll talk about that. But uh, I want you to say, he, let's just kind of go back and just kind of like for a launching point, okay? Uh, Jude, he's the brother of Jesus. Uh, he's the servant of Jesus. He's the brother of James. He's the half-brother of Jesus Christ. We talked about that. Verse 3, I gave... All diligence to write unto you about a common salvation. Sit down, I was going to say, hey, you know, salvation is an awesome thing. I'm going to write to you about it. And, and then, but the Holy Spirit grabbed hold of me. It was needful for me to write unto you, uh, to exert you, uh, exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith, the once delivered faith that was delivered unto all the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares. Who are these certain men? Well, he doesn't call them anything except certain men. I'm the one who, and people before me, are the ones who have given them the, the, the word apostate. An apostate is one who's against the things of Lord, the Lord, deliberately, not mistakenly so. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that. And the, he, go, he gives us examples of what they are, who they like, how they act. He gives us the example of Sodom and Gomorrah in verse 7. Uh, he talks about the angels kept not their first estate in verse 6, creepy stuff. Um, Genesis chapter 6, we talked about that. Likewise also, these filthy dreamers, he calls them, they defile the flesh, they despise dominion, they speak evil of dignities. What does it mean to despise dominion? Well, look at verse 25. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power. What is a dominion? He gets to call what's right and what's wrong. He gets to rule in our lives. He's, he has... Uh, Dominion over us. Now these despise dominion. What are they saying? God don't rule over me. I don't know who God thinks he is showing up telling me what I can do and what I can't do. These apostates, they despise dominion. In a nutshell, I think that's their whole, what they're all about. It's the Antichrist spirit. I see this so prevalent in our society, yes. In our state, yes. In our churches, yes. In the world, Yes. Is there a place where people are coming under the authority of God? Under Yeah, there's, there's all over the world. There's, you know, in places like Iran, places like China, where the, the heat persecution and the heat that, you know, uh, attends persecution, where, where Satan moves to persecute, where, where, where sin comes in, you know, 
grace does much more abound. Where, where people are persecuted, that's where the church grows. Have we known much of persecution? No. Are we going to win the times ahead? Oh, I just about guarantee it. I'm not a prophet, but I can read the writing on the wall as well as anybody can. And I've been paying attention. They, they speak evil of dignities, uh, and they despise dominion. They despise God's authority in our lives, and they speak evil of dignities. What dignity? God. They're not, they're not again saying, oh, God, I don't know who he thinks he is, and eh, if there's a God, and they rail against God. Uh, I, boy, I wish I could give you an example. Hmm. All around us, every day, all the time. Have you, have you been paying attention? Uh, they're not anti-religious. They're just anti-Christian religion. Do you, do you ever wonder why certain people are okay with, like, Muslims? Do you ever wonder why that? In, in some Muslim religion, they, they have women as, as chattel. Cover it all up. Shut up. You don't speak around here. Women's rights? Are you kidding me? I think Christianity invented women's rights. We always get, uh, you know, people try to shoot us down for like being oppressive to women. What are you talking about? Where is that? You, you want to see oppressive to women? I, I want you to, you know, the National Organization of Women, hypocritical all. Go to uh, Riyadh, Islamabad. Go to downtown Tehran and make your case for women's rights there. And when they all come up to our level, then we'll all take the next step forward together. How's that? Uh, but, the, but they're not against, you know, the oppression of women. They're just against Christianity. Why? They despise dominion. That's the whole thing. They speak evil of dignities. Do you wonder why the world is the way the world is? And remember in 1 John, we look, the whole world is asleep in the lap of the wicked one. The Bible says so. Is it obvious? If you're paying attention, it's obvious. But let's keep moving. And he gives the most disturbing, in my mind, provocative example of speaking evil of dignities. He's talking about when uh, Michael and, uh, and Lucifer are debating over the uh, fighting over, they're contentious about the uh, body of Moses. You say, where is that in Scripture? It's not in Scripture. Judas has given us an insight that's extra-biblical. You say, well, is it in, where is it? Is it in like, uh, you know, those extra books that the Catholics have? The uh, No, no. Is it in Enoch, the book of Enoch? That's not in the Apocrypha. Is it in that? No. He's going to mention Enoch. I mentioned that because in verse 14, Enoch also. And he'll give us a prophecy from the book of Enoch that's not scriptural, but is true. And we'll get there. And that's, again, provocative and I think insightful, but we'll get there. Where's that story told? Nowhere that I know about. Uh, and here, uh, is it, did it happen? Well, Jude, the brother of Jesus Christ says, yes, it happened. And he, and he tells us about that. But the point he's making is that Michael, he could have said, you loser. You don't tell me. You're not the boss of me. You ain't. He says, the Lord rebuke you. And he's giving this example about not speaking evil of dignities. Is Satan a dignity? Is Lucifer a dignity? He's a... I don't know how to say it right. He's, a, he's an archangel. A fallen archangel. He was, he was number one in heaven until he rebelled against God. He's, is he creating the image of God? No, angels aren't creating the image of God. You are. And speaking... So we don't... I don't want to say this right. This is fraught with pitfalls. Think about, and we'll bring this up in a little later on. Think about Facebook. 
you're speaking against people who are created in the image of God sometimes. Um, and I want you to think about that before you press send or post or whatever, okay? Just, we'll get, we'll get there. And he gives an example, like how Michael did it right, how people do it wrong. But we talked about that last week. I won't, but these speak evil of those things and they don't know what they're talking about. That's what the verse is saying, which, of which they know not. Uh, but what they know naturally as brute beasts and those things, they corrupt themselves. Uh, again, how many examples do you want? Now let's get to this new stuff, okay? Verse 11, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. They ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. And now he goes on to discuss there are blight. There are spots in your feast. There are your, your love feasts. They're, they're, they feed themselves without fear. They're clouds, and he goes on to describe their behavior, these apostates. Um, there are those, and I could name names. I'm usually predisposed to not. There's a name that is famous. If I told you, you'd all have known it. He says, New Testament only for Christians. Old Testament, what do you need to know about that? Are you kidding me? Are you Someone who way should have known better. Again, I can tell you who and what. And you, are, are you appalled? Are you frankly appalled? We're New Testament Christians. We're Old Testament. If you're New Testament Christian, here in the New Testament, Jude says, you know what they're like? And he gives us three Old Testament examples. And that should have just put to death any idea of we're just New Testament. If I came uh, here and uh, Wednesday night we're in numbers. I don't know how many of you, because the group is small. I get that. Um, how many of you guys are turning, tuning in on Wednesday? Don't, no, don't raise your hand. That's fine. You should. If you're not here, you should. Isn't that the most practical study you've ever? I mean, because Wednesday night we're talking about what kept Moses and Aaron out of the promised land. They didn't represent God well. And we're talking about representing. Remember at the waters of Meribah, and some, some of you guys know the story. Uh, the people say, oh, we should have been back in Egypt. Oh, it's horrible out here. There's no water. There's no water for our cattle. Oh, we're all thir- you know, thirsty. We're all going to die. You brought us out here to die. And uh, God says to Moses, hey, go speak to the rock. Remember before he had said it, smite the rock, and the, wa- and the water will come forth. Now, for whatever reason, the rock stopped giving water, and God says, speak to the rock. And the water will come, and the people will be blessed, and everything the day will be saved, and yay, right? And he goes and he says, "Must we fetch water from this rock for you, you rebels?" And and he's all freaked out, and he's all having a bad hair day. And God's like, "What are you doing that for, Mo? I'm not freaked out at them. I'm not. I'm their loving heavenly Father. I'm gracious to them. I want to give them. I'm the I'm the bread of life. I'm the I'm the water of eternal life. I am." Uh, the, I am, their souls are thirsting, and I want to quench their thirst spiritually and physically. And besides, there's a picture here of the first coming of Jesus Christ, smitten, the second coming of Jesus Christ. Will he be smitten? Not so much. <laughs> in Revelation, with the exciting things, we see Jesus Christ, the righteous judge, moving out in justice 
and righteousness and balancing the scales. And all unrighteousness will be thwarted. And those of us who love the scales being balanced, we love the dirty Harry where the guy gets his head blown off with the magnum at the end of it because he's such a bad guy. We love stuff like that. Even if a guy gets his head blown off, why? Because righteousness happened. You, you're a bad guy and you got death. And we like that. We like, you know, at the end of the story, I bring that up, my me and my dad were watching that. Mom came in and she was watching that. And if you know my mom, none of you do, I know. He gets blown up. You know, this, this, there's a most powerful handgun. Do you, do you feel lucky, punk? You know, the, and, and the guy re, ru, j, jumps for his gun. Dirty hat goes, boom. And the guy's just like, he's all done, right? And mom jumped up and shouted and cheered. But we have that sense of us, we want to say, and so we're going to see Jesus Christ. And that's the exciting part of the book of the Revelation, is Jesus can be smitten when he returns. He was smitten on the cross. He gave his face to those who pulled out his beard. He didn't hide his face from being spit on, from being slapped, from being punched in the head. Is Jesus going to be punched in the head when he comes back? Not so much. Now, speak to the rock. The blessing will come, Mo. And Moses didn't represent well. And so we learned that hey, you're in the penalty box. You don't get to the promised land. Is representing God the way he really is important? Because I think a lot of Christians don't. You know, he's big killjoy in the sky. No matter what you do, it's wrong, and he wants to cloud up and rain on you. He, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believeth in him, should not perish but have eternal life. Is that message getting out? Because I don't know if we're, it's resonating with people. God loves you so much. You have to understand that. You have to know that. And I'm not sure that we're always getting that message out. I don't know if we're representing well. But anyway. Okay. So the guy says, you don't need the, the Old Testament. Well, then you don't know about Cain. You don't know about Balaam. And you don't know about Korah. And I, I'm appalled at how many Christians don't. We're living in a spiritual black hole here in central Maine. A couple, three, maybe four years ago, Barna had a, a survey and the most spiritually inept Bible city in America was Lewiston-Auburn. <laughs> we're, right, we're right there. Uh, Lewiston-Auburn, them boys don't know nothing because up here we're geniuses in Scripture, right? Just a couple miles up the road. No, no. Uh, Susan and me were talking about the way she senses a, a spiritual darkness here in this area. She's I, I, there's more. There's people who are more. I, I won't argue with that. I won't gainsay because I think that's correct. I think it's correct as far as I know. Um, why is that? There's a principality, there's a power over this area. I think we need a lot of prayer. I think we need to fast and pray. And but anyways, we'll talk about that. So we don't know, but now I'm going to give you the, the information and we'll know. One of them, for they have gone the way of Cain. What is the way of Cain? By the way, look at this progression. They've gone in the way of Cain. They've ran greedily after the heir of Balaam, and they perished in the gainsaying of Korah. Going, ran, running, perishing. Okay? That's a, and it reminds me of like a, a star in the sky. You ever see a star just like gets bright and it starts moving across the sky, then fast and then gone? That's kind of looks like, you know, what, what's being talked about here. But look at that. I mean, wandering stars in verse 13. Interesting, because we'll get there. But not today. 
They've gone in the way of Cain. What's the way of Cain? Well, Adam, duh, he's a murderer. I don't think a murder makes you apostate. Now, don't say that I'm pro-murder. I think murder's... Listen, it's one of the bad top ten, okay? God has made commandment about it. Thou shalt do no murder, is what it says, all right? Uh, God's not pro-murder. I don't think that's what makes Cain a murderer. And I don't think that's why he's an example here. I think Cainian... I don't know that's a word. Uh, doctrine is this. So in the course of time, Adam and Eve, they fell. And now God provided a coat of skins for them. How did that happen? He created it. <laughs> that hand doesn't work. Off. I don't forget it. I lose. Did God just create it? No, I think he slayed an animal. And he was showing Adam and Eve the wages of sin is death. And the covering for your sin is going to be through death of another. I think that's the whole point. So what has happened? In the course of time, they had Cain and they had Abel. We know that. And so what happens? Cain... He brings an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel brought a lamb. Now, Abel was a, was a, a shepherd. So you think, well, duh, he brought a lamb. I get it. Cain, he's a farmer. By the way, is there anything wrong with being a farmer? Is a, is, a, is a shepherd godly and a farmer wicked? No, no, nothing like that. Uh, so he brought of the fruit of the ground. And the fruit of the ground, I think, represents fruit. Look at what I've done for you. Look at the fruit of my labor. Look at what, and I, I'm going to offer this to you, Lord. And God would have none of it. You're saying, wow, God's pretty, what's, what's God like? I mean, like, you're a father, right? Your kid brings you some, I mean, you know, your little three or four-year-old, they color something. It's horrible. It's horrendous because they have three. Some watercolor pony or whatever. And you, they got to describe to you that's a pony because you wouldn't know otherwise. And it's hanging in your house on the refrigerator door with magnets because that's who we are. And, that's, and we accept that from our kids, right? We say, this nasty old, get out of here. What do you think it says? You know, we don't do that. And what is God? He's like, I'm not having this. He's not. He's not. Why? Because... The wages of sin is death. Fruit and vegetables don't really die. And they don't shed blood. And God had set up. And so I think what God set up was spirituality for all time. You come to God on the basis of blood atonement of another, or you come on the basis of, look what I've done for you. Now, I don't know how many of you were in that religion of, look what I've done for you, God, but I certainly was. I think there's hope for apostates. I was one. I would work my tail off doing religious things in order to please God. Religious people don't understand something. They don't understand God already loves you. He's not going to love you more if you do things and abstain from other things. So if I stop swearing, if I start saying certain prayers, God will love me. You're ridiculous. Do you realize how ridiculous that is? And the whole world thinks it. 
well, I'm a pretty good person. I've never killed anyone. I don't cheat on my spouse. I'm pretty good. And so we're coming to God based on our Cain theology. Look at what I've done for you. Abstain from murder. Abstain from adultery. Here I am. Accept me. And he's like, wait, there's a blood sacrifice that I've made on your behalf. That's the Abel theology. That's what makes Cain an apostate. That's what makes the majority of the world apostates. And I belong to that apostate religion, trying to please God with my activities. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. You didn't earn Jesus. You didn't earn what he did to you on the cross. Our, the work of our hands. What does God look at? He says, that's... Listen, I, this will offend you, especially before lunch. Twice in Scripture, once in Isaiah, he says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. The word for filthy rags is used menstrual cloth. And all the guys say, you, because we're all like that, right? Nobody ever gave me that for a present. I wouldn't accept it. Later on, in I think it's Zechariah, it might be Zephaniah, I'm not sure. He talk, I think it's Zechariah. He talks about our righteousness is filthy rags. And then it's bathroom stained. It's toilet paper, basically, is what he's saying. Now listen, listen closely, because you haven't been engaged, now engaged in this. He's not talking about our sin. He's talking about our righteousness. Look, God, see what I've done for you? And God goes, ugh. We're not going to be righteous into God's... We're not going to do things and get favor from him. We're going to accept, we're going to embrace what he's done for us and gain favor with him. And that's the Abel way. And the Cain way says, I will do, and I will offer to God what I have done. And God says, I will have it. I will have none of it. That's why we have to understand what's so important about that story of Cain and Abel. They ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward. Now, not as many people know this. I'm going to steal my own thunder. I'm going to walk on what I'm going to be teaching here in a few weeks. Let's go to Numbers. Because most of you guys, if I have a consensus now, how many of you guys know Balaam and what he's done? Probably about half. I'm just guessing. But let's go over the story. Uh, verse 22, I mean, chapter 22 of Numbers, children of Israel in the, in the neighborhood of this guy named Balak, the son of Zippor. He's an Amorite. And Moab was sore afraid of the people because they were many. And Moab was distressed because the children of Israel. Moab said to the elders of Midian, Now shall this company lick up all that are around us, uh, about us, as the ox licketh up the grass of the field. And Balak, the son of Zippor, was king of the Moabites at the time. So he sent messages before unto Balaam, the son of Beor. So this is that Balaam that's being refer referenced in the book of Jude. And he basically says, I know that God has given you the ability to bless and to curse. Curse this people, they're more numerous for us, and if God's with them, it's going to be a bad day for us. So I want you to come and I want you to curse them. Here, here's a boatload of money. And so Balaam goes to the Lord and says, well, Lord, what do you want me to do? And God says, I, I want you not to go. That's what I want you to do. And so uh, he comes back to the, these guys, these emissaries from Balak, and he says, yeah, God said no. So off they go back to, um, to Balak and say, uh, he said no. And so they send, he sends more princes, more eminent, 
and more than them with more money, like a boatload of money. And he says, you sure God said no? And so Balaam says, well, let me check with headquarters here because he's a greedy person. Okay, and he he goes he he goes to the Lord, and he says, "Are you sure? Because then you got all this money now, and I kind of want it." And uh, God says, "Okay, go, but only say what I the words that I put in your mouth." You remember the story? I always think of that as the permissive will of God. Is it? I don't I don't know. I mean, it's my my ther- pet theory of mine. I, I I don't know. God lets us do a lot of things that aren't. His, 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 not his primary will for us. I, I don't know how else to say it. He lets, he lets Balaam go. And that, now we have the story of the talking donkey. And you're thinking, like, what are you talking about? I think it's where Francis the Mule comes from and Mr. Ed. And I don't know, they should pay a, some sort of royalty to Moses every time they use stories like that. Um, so Balaam rose up, verse 21 of chapter 22. Balaam rose up in the morning, saddled his ass, and went with the princes of Moab. And God's anger was kindled because he went. What is God schizophrenic and he changes his mind? No, I think he knows that Balaam has a greedy motive in the wrong heart. And he's going to get the, the, he's not going to do God's work. He's going to get the financial remuneration. So God's anger was kindled. And the Lord, uh, the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his ass and the two servants were with him. And the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand. And the ass turned aside out of the way and went into the field. And Balaam smote the ass to turn her into the way. So here, this angel's in the in the road, the way they're going. And the donkey says, I don't want none of this. The donkey can see the angel, turns off into the field. And so Balaam starts smiting, uh, smote the ass, and turned her into the way. So he's Thorn a beaten on his donkey, but the angel of the Lord stood in the path of the vineyards, a wall being on one side and a wall on the other. When the ass saw the angel of the Lord, now it's like a narrow place and the, the donkey can't go anywhere. She thrust herself into the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. He smote her again. So, uh, Balaam's thinking, what is wrong with this donkey? The donkey's more perceptive than you are, prophet boy. That's what's wrong with the donkey. Nothing's wrong with the donkey. What's wrong is you and your perception. And the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place. There was no way to turn either to the right or the left. When the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam. And Balaam's ass was kindled, and he smote the ass with a staff. And the Lord opened the mouth of the ass. Say, that's impossible. Y'all, this is God. This is the one who has, you know, swallows a prophet with a great fish or a whale or whatever. And this is the guy who created the earth by speaking into existence. God can do anything. And I think this is kind of child's play in the things. But people have real problem with this. I don't have a problem. Listen, God's ridiculously powerful. How powerful is he? He saved me. I, I, I'm pretty sure he can manipulate the larynx of a, of an, an, a beast to give him. And, and sides, you think... No, God can't make an ass talk. Well, come here Wednesday and Thursday, Wednesday and Sunday, and you'll see that he can. But let's move on, okay? When the ass saw the angel, she fell down on Balaam. Now he's really ticked. The Lord opened the mouth of the ass. She said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee that thou hast smitten me these three times? What are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to save your life. I mean, why are you, why are you beating on me is what the donkey says. And Balaam said unto the ass, Because thou hast mocked me. So he's getting into this duel of wits with the donkey, and losing, by the way. I would there were a sword in my hand, for now would I kill thee. 
<laughs> kill a talking donkey? That doesn't make sense. And how much is that worth? And the ass said unto Balaam, Am not I thine ass upon which thou hast written ever since I was thine unto this day? Was I ever wont to do so unto thee? And he said, Nay. <laughs> I can't make this stuff up. <laughs> so he's getting this argument with the donkey. And he's, Hey, I've ever done this before. And Balaam says, Nay. I can't make this up. Uh, so he goes, and Balaam's eyes were open. He saw the angel Lord standing away, his sword drawn in his hand. He bowed down his head, and he fell flat on his face. Wouldn't you? And the angel Lord said to him, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass on, uh, uh, these three times? I went uh, out to withstand thee, because thy way is perverse before me. He didn't have the right heart. He didn't have the right motive. The ass saw me, and, and by the way, saved your life. And Balaam said unto the angel, I've, I've sinned. I'm going back. He says, no, but go, uh, verse 35, with the men, just say what I'm going to speak to you. And so Balaam went. And he ends up blessing. Um, Bala, uh, chapter 23, verse 1, Balaam said to Balak, uh, he goes and he says, hey, where were you? Uh, you know, what's taking you so long? I had a check with God. And God said, no. Now God said, okay. And so for chapter 23, Balaam said to Balak, build me here seven altars and prepare for me seven ox and seven rams. Balak did as Balaam had spoken. Balak and Balaam offered every altar a bullock and a ram. And Balaam said to Balak, stand by thy burnt offering. I will go. Peradventure the Lord will come to meet me. Whatsoever he showeth me, I will tell thee. And he went to an high place. And God met Balaam. And he said to him, I have prepared seven altars I have offered upon every altar a bullock and a ram. The Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth. Go back to Balak, and this is what I want you to say. And so here he, he, he says, verse 8, How shall I curse whom God hath not cursed? Or how shall I defy whom the Lord hath not defied? And he goes, he makes this prophecy. From the top of the rocks I shall see him. From the hills I I behold him, lo, the people shall dwell alone, shall not be reckoned among the nations. Is that true? Yeah, Jew and Gentile. That's kind of... Uh, 2,000 years, uh, Jews lived among the Gentiles and all the nations. In 1948, they came back and created the nation of Israel. And they still have all their language, their customs, their feasts, their diet. They're still distinct and separate. It's an amazing thing. It's a what's well, a miracle of God. Who can count the number of the who can count the dust of Jacob, number of the fourth part of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous, and let me I, my last end be like his. He's not going to die the death of the righteous. He's going to die an ignominious death because he opposed God. Balak said unto Balaam, What hast thou done unto me? I told thee to curse mine enemies. Behold, thou hast blessed them all again. This happens two more times. And finally, uh, you know, Balak ha has had a belly full, and he says, Get out of here and God's withholding from you this. I would have blessed you and I would have promoted you, but now you can't have anything. So Balaam says to Balak, he says, okay, this is what you got to do. Take all your young, pretty Moabite women. You want to put them on the edge of the, of the Israelite camp. They say, hey, Israel guy, hey, big boy, huh? why don't you come worship my gods with me? And because and it was sexual and it was perverse and it was... So basically Balaam's saying, God's going to bless Israel. You can't touch them, but you can bring them out from under God's blessing. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Have you been in a place where God and you've been behind the woodshed because 
you were rebellious. And he says, well, let me explain this to you a little bit clearer. So you, hey, listen, that's my life, okay? I just, I just, I just, I'm the one, it, it, it takes me a while to get there sometimes. I'm just, he's saying, really, Adam? Is that really, yeah, sadly. I, I don't know, I'm just a knucklehead. I just, and he'll, Less, less now, maybe, less, but I mean, but that's God, and he's good that way. But have you been in a situation where you've put yourself out from under God's blessing? I always say, give him a life. He loves to bless. He's our heavenly father. He, he wants to give us good things. He wants to give us health and wealth and blessing and just pour down all kinds of gifts on us. He's given us all things pertaining to life and God. This is nothing we need added. And he loves to just shower us with stuff. Uh, I'm going to re- rebel against him. I'm not listening to you. I don't know who you think you are. I'm doing things my way. Now bless me. That's America in the 21st century. Will it happen? I don't think so. We can't thumb our nose at God and expect his blessing. And this is what he's telling Balak to do. And he does. And it's like, I think 23,000 people die in this plague. That's the fiery serpent plague. We'll get to that, okay? So now when we understand the way of Balaam, it's, 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 let's, I'm back to Jude here. Let's go back to Jude. Uh, and they ran greedily after the era of Balaam for reward. Now, I, I, I think people still do this, okay? I'm going the way of Balaam because there's skaol, there's reward at the end of it. I don't care. I don't care if I go to hell forever as long as they call me senator, whatever, or representative, whatever, or president, then I don't mind selling my soul for gain. How many people has that happened to? Well, I'm not anyone's judge, and and I'm not going to call out specific people. I think there really is a swampy swamp, though. I really think there are people who have given themselves over to that. I think, you know, we even see that on the... People have done that for fame, for fortune. you, You can do this, and you can do this, and you can do this to me, as long as you give me the starring role in the movie. It's... I don't care what the results are as long as I get my payoff. And I think that's what Balaam's all about. But let's talk about, because our time's almost spent, let's finish up with the, the gainsaying of Korah. Gainsaying is a word we use a lot. I do. Gainsaying means to say against. Me and Susan are having a lively debate on the way down here about uh, politics. I, I know that's hard for you to imagine. I know, just picture it though. Uh, if you were in the car with us, you'd think we were arguing. We, no, I'm, we just enjoy that. I mean, we're weird. We really do. And by the way, arguing with Sue's is a lesson in futility. She always wins. You're saying, why? Because she's going to cry if she loses something? No, because she's smarter than me by about half. I don't know. But anyway, uh, we were discussing, you know, upcoming things and what happens to this and what about that and stuff. Uh, and I was gainsaying. Okay, so that's just an example of gainsaying. Saying against, you know. Um, do people gainsay? Have you been on Facebook? I don't care what you post and how inane it is, if it promotes righteousness at all, in any degree whatsoever, then the haters come out and hate. And they're going to tell you what a knucklehead you are and you're horrible and this is... God bless you for even... (laughs) Yeah, well, there is that. There is that. But again... uh, 
I want you to have the right attitude and the right, for sure, represent well. Uh, is sometimes the idea to say, well, okay, you're wrong, and let me show you why you're wrong. Is that a godly and a good thing? It can be. It can be. But rem- check your heart. Check your spirit. Because if you're like, you know, oh, yeah, well, you offend, oh, and that's, you're already, I think yeah, that comes even across, you know what I mean? Um, I, I can say, pray about it for you. Is there a debate? Do we, do we, do we, the marketplace of ideas, do we have something to say? Well, of course. Of course. I think that's good and godly. That's fine. I hope it always comes across that way, and I'm afraid it doesn't always. There's plenty of gainsaying. What happened in the story of Korah, he said, he's gainsaying Moses. Moses is the servant of God. Moses says, this is what God wants. This is what God has told us to do. And of course, well, who do you think you are, big boy? We're just as godly as you are. Isn't that the argument today? You don't have the inside scoop on God. Who do you think you are anyway? I, it's not that I'm smarter. It's not that I'm better. It's, it's, I, I'm using this book. What are you using? Well, I just think that... You, if I say... God said, do no murder. And God has said, do no murder. Well, I think, and you go on to tell me why in these different cases, you, it's perfectly acceptable to take somebody's life. Well, he disagreed with me. Um, I, I told him, say this slogan. He didn't say it. So we can, he wore the wrong hat. He, it inflamed people. And so I had, I, had, I had to beat him down. I had to kill him. This is the way it is. Or, and I give another examples. Um, I'm, my, I hope my, my, what I'm saying is, tre- I hope you can see what I'm saying and read through all the, but there's plenty of gain saying out now. And, and basically, I don't care if you say anything against me. Um, Adam, you're a knucklehead and this is why. We could have that discussion. Oh, be gracious. I really am. I, I really think I am. Uh, but when you're saying against God, because you know, here's the thing, I, 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 I teach the Bible, and I teach what, this, this is what the Bible says. And then I have somebody up in my grill telling me what a monkey I am, and what a knucklehead, and what, and why, a lot of times it comes across this way, why you're the exception. Why, well, I know what you're saying, but, and now you tell me what, but the whole world is full of, but this is why scripture doesn't work for me. And I'm thinking, Wait, what? God's no respecter of persons, and people gainsay all the time. It's an apostate position. We don't debate the Word of God. We submit to the Word of God. You know, we have a, um, a board meetings, and you, you can talk to the elders and stuff like this. We never vote on the will of God. I'm making sure. I go out of my way to make sure. Listen, uh, what time should service be? What time should we do this? Should we do this? Should we you know, support this missionary? Should we not support this missionary? That's all the stuff is subject to prayer, subject to discussion, maybe even subject to debate sometime. You know what's not? This. We don't argue about the Word of God. We submit to the Word of God. The Word of God isn't that. We don't, we don't gainsay. We don't, we don't, we don't, you know, I don't think that Bible is Bible. I think, you know, and we go on with our inane opinions. And it's just, it's just an apostate position. It's silly and it's, it's not going to any, go any place good. Look. Let me sum up, because my, my time's passed. You've been Canaan before, or, or Balaam-like, okay? You've done that. I, I, I've sold my soul for this advantage, or my integrity. Or you've done that. I've done that. 
Okay, it was gainsaid. God, I know the Bible says, but I don't think it's that. And we've done that. Go to hell. Service over. We're all done. <laughs> right? No. No. God is gracious. He's forgiving. I thought I could earn my way into his approval by doing things. That's like, you know, of these two, that's the one that it, to me is the most assailing to my own particular situation, okay? It kind of fits me the best. But there's repentance. Lord, I, I turn from that. I, what, was I, what was I thinking? I was so ridiculous. I thought I could earn your graciousness. You can't earn God's grace. It's, it's bestowed upon us quite we don't earn it. That's the whole point. That's why it's grace. He gives it to us. It's not that we don't deserve it. It's we ill-deserve it. We deserve the opposite. We deserve damnation. We deserve punishment for our sins. And what does he do? He loves us. He sent Christ to die. The wages of sin really is death. And God's the blood of Jesus Christ, our Savior, covers us from all our sins. And we trust in that blood. And then God brings us graciously into his forever family. Or we, well, I wrote out a check and I, and I showed up that time to help put the carpets in the church. And, you know, when the priest was sick that time, I bought him those meals. And really, that's going to, God's like, wow, you are some righteous. Oh, my goodness. I've never seen anyone that righteous in all my life. You're so awesome. It is laughable. My point is that we can turn from these laughable, illogical apostate positions and turn to the living God who loves us. And he's so happy to have us. You know in the privacy of your own heart. You can do it. You can come up here after. We'll, we'll talk. We'll pray. Whatever you want. You, listen, you're the boss, right? Make peace with God by whatever means. Let's uh, stand. We'll have uh, we'll go out of here blessing God with song. We'll pray. Father, uh, your word is absolutely precious to us. I mean, it's clear. I don't know how clear I make it all the time, but we turn from our apostate ways, Lord. We turn to the living God, the, our gracious, loving, heavenly Father, who despite our ridiculous misadventures, our sin, our rebellion, loves us and sent his son to die for our sins. Now may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen.